Unloose the goose. We'll take no use. Your paradigms run out of time and we've got no use. Unloose the goose. Hi folks, welcome to episode 27 of Unloose the Goose. This is Jack Spierko, a member of the Gaggle, not part of today's show though. Um, we had a significant number of the panel unable to attend. Xavier Hawk was good enough to lead a community discussion. That's what you're about to hear. The very first couple seconds of it are a little bit of technical difficulties in doing something for the first time. But without further ado, Xavier Hawk and a community discussion from the larger Gaggle that is you, the community. Sorry, folks, it's just taking me a couple seconds to get here. Join me on Zoom. <laughs> All right, Amos, I see. This is why we can't have nice things. So basically what happened, folks, let me just get back to the screen. Hopefully some of y'all join me. So what happened was this. We had a bunch of folks, uh, we were all ready to go with a great, uh, topic tonight. And that was, you know, why we choose to turn away from the way the system is now. You know, where do we go from here and why agorism in the first place? Um, and how we came to that. And what ended up happening was uh, there was medical emergencies and, um, you know, some people couldn't make it and some people didn't recognize what time it was. Like sometimes we do it earlier in the evening. Sometimes we do it later. So either way, here I am. What I've done is I've added the Zoom link into the Unloose the Goose Telegram and also into the Fireon chat. I'm going to put it in the Survival Podcast chat as well. And we're going to end up having like a bunch of folks from the audience come and join us, uh, join us tonight. And we'll take a, take questions from the audience and, and basically have like a discussion about um, what brought you to agorism and what brought you to choosing a path in, in this world the way it is. So we've got already a couple folks joining us. So just to say real quick, welcome to Unloose the Goose. This is not, um, I, Josh, I see you in here. This is not a, uh, Unloose the Goose chat. Are you in the hospital? Yeah, hold on a second. Well, welcome. Am I the only one here? Hello. No, we got Josh and what's your name? Josh. Uh, <laughs> Both Joshes. Two Josh. Josh. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, same same name on Telegram there. Great, great. And you guys both come from Unloose the Goose or uh, Josh, Josh V. I recognize you uh, in the Firearm chat as well. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I am yeah. in the hospital with my daughter tonight. If that's oh, what's what wrong with your daughter? What's wrong with your daughter? Is she all right? Uh, so we're changing her diet. Um, she's having seizure issues. So we're changing her to a keto diet to right. see if that helps alleviate the seizures. Do you want to go and take care of that? That seems kind of serious. Yeah, I, it's just the pump is acting up, which I don't mean to be taking up your time. No, it's all right. What I, what I wanted to do is, um, kind of get you all's perspective on agorism and what brought you to unloose the goose. Uh, through, uh, Curtis Stone and those kinds of folks. 
Yeah, Curtis is awesome. How long have you been following his work? Uh, probably like four or five years. So before he kind of woke up to things. But now that he's a gardener and uh, awake, so yeah. even more deadly. So I just finished listening to episode 19 of his Liberty on Land podcast there. Do you do any uh, gardening yourself? Well, yeah, I will once the snow is gone, but I think it's minus 35 Celsius right now, and with the wind, probably minus 40-something. Dang, where are you? In, uh, you're probably in Canada, yeah? Yeah, in Saskatchewan. All right. Do you grow during the rest of the year? Uh, sadly, I'm stuckling right now. I'm going to do one more season uh, now that I'm done the, the homestead house. And uh, if I don't quit doing stucco, then I'm never going to get to doing the gardening and, you know, market gardening that I want to do. So, yeah. Oh, so you're, you're kind of following Curtis to, to kind of learn the uh, spin farming and, and kind of turn it into a profitable business, eh? Well, we'll see. I'm on uh, baby steps. I'm more of an imminent shit is going to hit the fan type of person. So yeah, grow food for myself first, and if there's an economy to sell food into, um, good. You know, when did you thinking, start? When, I think you know what we'll do is you know because this is all on the fly, and this is one of the things that I actually love yeah. doing, sort of on the fly and having conversations. We had a medical emergency. We had somebody bow out because of um, a timing issue, and then uh, you know we kind of pick who's going to be and what shows, and we kind of had a couple, one too many people uh, bow out tonight for emergency reasons. So what we're going to do on the fly is we're going to treat all of y'all as the unloose the goose team. And I will moderate and ask questions and we'll go down the list and kind of, you know, give everybody an opportunity to express themselves. And as people join on the, um, on the, on the zoom call from the unloose the goose telegram and, or the fire on telegram, uh, we'll just incorporate everybody into the conversation. Does that sound good with everybody? Cool. Awesome. And I think we, we are live on YouTube and we are recording, so we're good to go. There was a little bit of technical difficulties because I haven't done the live streaming on YouTube yet. So uh, with that, I'm going to open up. The, there's a chat. If you guys have any questions or things that you want to address, type them in the chat, and then we'll kick it off from here. On the on the line with us today from the Unloose the Goose and Fire On communities, we've got Josh on his iPhone 3. We've got uh, Josh Verhage. Is that how you say it? Verhage? Verhaeg. Sorry. Thank you so much. We've got KM and Natasha Koshinka, right? So um, I think what we'd like to do is maybe we'll start going down the line. Everybody introduce yourselves, whereabouts you are in the world, and how you found us and Unloose the Goose. Natasha, can we start with you? Natasha? Natasha, can you hear uh, us? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, tell us your name and where you're from and what you do and how you found us. My name's Natasha. I I live in New York City. I found you guys from uh, Elizabeth. Well, I found you uh, through Elizabeth April, and um, I I uh, I do uh, trauma healing. That's right. That's right. That's great. Thank you so much. Energy Kay. work, really. I, yeah. I yeah, yeah. 
So this podcast is called Unleash the Goose, and it's based around a philosophy called agorism, which is self-reliance, essentially, uh, where we, you know, we look at the systems that are in place. We're not looking for a government or president or anybody to save us. It's us, right? And how do we work together? What are the systems that we can use? What are the ways that we can live that uh, we're more empowered? We are more um, capable, more confident, and we can face whatever challenges are coming towards us. So that's where Unloose the Goose came from. And it, and it started with a fellow by the name of Jack Spierko. And some of you guys are familiar with him. He does the Survival Podcast. I had been a guest on his show for years, all the way back to like 2014, when I first started with Bitcoin. Um and, you know, it's kind of grown. I've met Curtis, I've met, you know, uh, Sal and all of these folks. And it's everybody's, you know, very much in that prepper and preparedness and let's do it ourselves kind of mentality. So it's been really, really cool. So thanks, Natasha. Um, we'll come up with some questions and start going down the line. KM, why don't you tell us your name, where you're from and what you're into and how you found us? Hi, my name is Christina. That's where the KM comes from. And I found you on Instagram, uh, while looking at some controversies and political stuff and, yeah. um, I'm interested in a better future for my family, a better future for this country, whether yeah. this country is going to stay the same. Right. Um, I'm open to alternative you know, um, self-sustained living and better future, basically. Yeah, I think, you know what, and, I think there's a lot of us that share that. Go ahead. Sorry, Christina, I didn't mean to Yeah, uh, I'm from Daytona, Florida. Daytona oh, Beach. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. <laughs> Sweet. You're coming to the Fire on launch party, right? Um, If I'm invited. Of course you are. You're on the Telegram, the, the t.me slash. I'm on the, yeah, I'm on the Telegram. Sweet. I'm going to be announcing that tomorrow where you can get tickets. I might do it later tonight. I'm not sure. Nice. It's just uh, three hours from me. Yep. So that's good. If you need a hotel, we've got hotel rooms down here. Nice. Thank you. Cool. And uh, for all of you all who don't know, we're doing a fire on launch party for the app. Um, we put it into the app store this evening and they gave us some things to fix and we're doing that tomorrow. So cool. Thanks, Christine. Christina. All right. Josh for Haig. Uh, we didn't get to hear where you're from and what you're about. Um, well, in between our, yeah, we're in Saskatchewan, which is the middle of Canada, basically between Manitoba and Alberta. Um, we're between houses right now. We've got one in the city that I'm using for a work base and our homestead. Closer to the forest and out in farming country where we want to try uh, 21st century homesteading with some, uh, well, mostly 20th century technology and 21st century ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so I was telling my neighbors yesterday, you know, I'm probably going to set up like a, a yard waste free pickup service yeah. instead of, you know. Yeah people just throwing it in the ditch because they can't drive all the way to the landfill and, you know, take everybody else's carbon and compost it on our yard, grow some vegetables with it, sell it back to them. 
There you go. That's actually a great topic that I think we'll, we'll bring up um, repurposing. And we've got another Josh on here. Uh, Josh, what's your last name? Or you don't need to share your last name if you don't want to, but where are you and what are you about and how did you find? Uh, I think you're talking to me. That's right. What's the, so, um, what's, what's the first letter? First letter of your last name. It's Paulson is my last name. You can, you can hear my last name. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and I am in North Carolina. So, uh, in Kernersville, which is the Piedmont triad. And I learned about you first through Spearco also. Yeah. Been listening to him for a long time and just generally getting preps together and, you know, trying to, uh, change what I've done for the last 20 years, which is construction. So I've, been looking into alternative uh, ways to lead a life. It seems like homesteading is uh, is a way to go. So, well, that's awesome. So we just had two more join us. Thanks, uh, thanks, Josh Paulson. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mute everybody, and then when I call on you, you you can unmute yourself. And uh, Brian, you're in here. If you'd like to introduce yourself, tell us how you found Unloose the Goose and what you're about. Oh, hey man, um, I'm a Jack Spearco disciple, I guess. I'm in uh, Middle Tennessee. Um, remember you from uh, interviews from with Jack from way back, yeah. uh, three, four, five years ago, however long it is. Uh, uh, sorry, Brian. I just muted everybody. If you want to unmute yourself so you can speak. Uh, sorry. I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, just hanging out um, with uh, the crew here in Middle Tennessee. Get to hang out with uh, Nicole Sauce and uh, uh, her compadres over. They're about uh, an hour east of me. Nice. And um, get to uh, get to hang out with them and just you know being a crypto savage and uh, yeah. you know, taking a, a little bit of time uh, in the backyard to you know. Just uh, uh, dress the place up a little bit and grow a little food and see what I can do with the place. More self-reliance, better life. If times get tough or even if they even don't. Even if they don't. You know it. Good, good. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I don't know if that's the way it's going to go, but, you know, that's that's kind of the, the hope and the dream, right? Well, thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. Uh, Russell, how about you? Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about and how you found us. Russell. Russell, can you hear me? All right. So I'm going to remove you if you're not going to be chatting because we've got a lot of folks in here. And if it's too many, it can get get a little bit unruly. So um, I'm going to give you a few seconds to, to pop in there and say something. Uh, otherwise, it's peace out for you, homie. You want to say anything, Russ? All right. Okay, so oh, we got one other person waiting, and I think that's going to be it. We're going to leave it to this many folks. Dylan, if you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us your name, where you're at, and what you're about, and how you found Unloose the Goose, and then we're going to start asking some questions, and everybody gets to to answer and be the be the Unloose the. You guys get to be the gaggle tonight, and I'll be the host. How about that? So go ahead, Dylan. Let us know where you're at and what you're about. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great, man. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, just welcome um, to Unloose the Goose, my man. Oh, this is awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I just saw that uh, you guys were live, and uh, I catch every episode. Um, Sweet. Appreciate that. And, yeah, um, so what kind of brought me to this uh, community um, was back in 2015. I had just graduated from college, mm-hmm. and I took a job um, working for a plastics uh, company, and I thought, you know, this is my dream job. I went to uh, school. um uh, for chemistry, and I just looked around and saw the amount of plastic waste that was generated internally at the mill, and I'm like, this isn't even product that ships out. There's right. so much waste, and I was looking at um, aquaponics at the time, and I happened to catch a video, uh, like a 15-minute video on permaculture, and it was it was Jack Spirico. Um, and so that's, uh, that's what brought me, uh, into this world. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Um, so we got a lot of Jack Spearco, uh, fans here. I'm one of them. Um, we've got some, some folks from completely different worlds and I, and I think it's really good. It'll give us some, some opportunities to just like go down the line and say, you know, what really sparked you and said, holy shit, this is I, I got to look at life a little bit different. I can't just keep going on the way, uh, the way it's always been, right? You, 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 Jan, Dylan just said that you saw plastics being wasted and you, you got into Spearco and the survival podcast. Did it, um, did you start listening and then say, wow, you know, I'm going to start gardening. I'm going to start, you know, building food supplies. Is, is that sort of your, your path then? Yeah. Um, I guess I've always, uh, kind of been interested in gardening uh, from yeah. young age and what was what wasn't included when I was gardening at a young age is like what 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 do plants need to grow and that was always this curiosity that I had yeah uh, and along the path of finding what uh, plants require to grow uh, has just led me on this path of um, you know where our food comes from um, what's what's behind uh, the scenes of uh, producing food. Yeah. Um, but even on a side note, um, um, I've been talking to my wife about this is that something about having kids turns on something inside you that it's not just you anymore. It's right. you. Um, the, the life that you've created. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, that's what, uh, really did it for me is that, um, I have someone else to look out for here. Boom. Anybody else here a parent? I know Josh P you're a parent. Josh Verhaj, you're a parent. Brian, you Christina, are you a parent? Natasha, Christina, you said you were a parent, right? Yes. I'm a parent. How old is parents? Multiple, multiple children's. <laughs> so, six. Yeah. So let me ask you, do you, mm-hmm. what do you see coming on the horizon and what, you know, you said you found me on baseline and, you know, researching things. What is your concern and what kind of steps are you taking in your own life to mitigate those concerns? Right. I grew up as a city girl, so I know nothing about gardening, but I feel like that, that that's the future. Yeah. I feel like I, I need to. 
I need to learn how to live off the grid and uh, sustain myself. If if our money loses value or something happens or we need to know yep. how to continue and not be the victim and know how to survive, basically. Yeah, that's right. Are, are there... Um... If you were to pick some skills that you wanted to learn this year uh, that would help, like, let's say, let's say, you know, the states split up and the supply chain was hard, right? It, it would go back immediately to an agricultural sort of basis. There would be some manufacturing, uh, depending upon what states you were in, it would go back to some kind of mercantile business. Um, what are some skills and what we'll do is we'll just go down the line. What are some skills that you think are important? For like a grid down situation and or like a, um, you know, uh, a breakdown of society civilization. Let's say we still have electricity to some degree. What are some skills? And we'll start with uh, since you're on with us, Christina, why don't you go ahead? What are some skills that you think would be great? Definitely self uh, sustainability, yeah. uh, uh, having enough food if anything right. if the supply chain stops my friends and i are talking about building a community where we're gonna have a uh just our kids play together in one place and we're gonna nice. have a garden and we keep everything in one community and the community is self-sustaining so we've been talking about that if you know poop hits the fan or something yep that's great. That's a, that's a huge start. And it's, I think it's like an impetus that I think we're all feeling and sort of why we're all coming to these communities. You know, it's like, uh, why John has started Freedom Cells, why Jack has been teaching, you know, I think like what Nicole is doing. Um, you know, I think all of us who are at least a little bit awake have something like that going on. How about you, Brian? What are some skills that you think are super important? I think, um, I think she hit on it is that, we need to have um, we need to have our community, our close community, and then know how to interact with people that are beyond our inner circles. Because um, you know, being able to barter um, uh, and and garden and and those types of things within our own circles. So yeah, that's that's definitely important. Um, I'm a big tech guy, so I'm into things like energy. Yeah. So I think we need to be. Thinking about, uh, you know, how we uh, can maintain control of our energy supply chain. I was driving down the interstate the other day and I heat with propane and I saw a propane truck going down the interstate on the back of a tow truck. And it was my propane company that that was their truck. And I, that got me to thinking, hey, um, what if I need it and they can't get it to me? So right, right. right. Um, so, and I have a couple of options, but I mean, I, just thinking about um, how we can diversify uh, not only our, our grocery supply chain, but our energy supply chain as well. 100%. So you're into like decentralized energy systems, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I have propane here because I don't want to be on the natural gas pipeline. Um, right. Thinking about uh, putting solar uh, here and, you know, just diversifying, uh, the ways in which I can generate heat here, uh, is, is really my main, uh, my main focus. Although Tennessee's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly Maine. So. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're talking about natural gas. You're talking about, you know, wood, you know, that's probably one of the, the most original ways to, to do heat, you, potential mm -hmm. geothermal, right? 
um, at least for temperature mediation. You know, you're not going to make things hot. You're just going to keep it sort of temperate if you build into the ground and stuff. Um, what about like solar? Is that big for you? I know Dan's in the chat room on the YouTube and he's, he's, uh, he's a big on solar. One of my good friends is, um, uh, Sean Mills who does a lot of solar consulting. I haven't, I have so little solar aspect here that it's mm-hmm. not really high yeah. on my, yeah. on my, on my radar. It's, it's there, but it's not, uh, wood. I have, I have 16 acres of, of trees that are just waiting to be cut down. So some locust uh, up there. wood is, uh, probably my, uh, next Go-to. step. Yeah. Uh, when I, I start thinking about uh, energy security. Well, Verhage was talking about, uh, you know, compost and stuff, and you can actually heat pretty considerably with some really good built up compost and add some humanure into that. And you can, you know, you take the copper pipe and roll it through there um, and you can come up with a really good heating system. Um and, and we'll come to you here in a second, Josh, but I wanted to hit, uh, Natasha, what are some skills that you could see being very important in like the next few years, let's say, or even decade of, you know, we've got global uncertainty, we've got supply chain uncertainty. What are some things that you're focusing on, And Well, um, I'm really new, new to this, uh, concept, um, of, um, you know, everything that you, you guys do, um, yeah. So right now, as far as I have gone, I just have some food stored up basically. So again, I'm a beginner. Um, I do have an interest in gardening, mm-hmm. um, down the line, perhaps living in, you know, somewhere where I could do that. Um, yeah, I'm very knowledgeable about herbs. So I could heal with herbs. I could prescribe. Um, and just like that's healing. good. That's a like, super. That's a super yeah. duper skill. I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. I, I just want to bring, bring some awareness to that. Like yeah. my wife is an herbalist, right? And, um, being able to know what medicines in your area are good, what plants are good as medicine, that's huge because if the supply chain breaks down and you've got medical issues, like how does that work? It goes back to some of the old school, you know, um, technologies that people had, like, you know, red willow bark, birch, all like all of these different plants, elderberry, and what's in your area that treats things. And because you're, you're a trauma specialist and healing, like that skill in of itself is something that's valuable. You know what I mean? Cause if, if the world kind of goes to shit as people are suspecting that it will, then mm-hmm. that kind of a skill is going to, everybody's going to be traumatized. Right. Right, so, right. You know, to be able to help people work through that, become proficient again, become motivated, you know, uh, get back on the wheel and, and start doing things just to, right. to move their life forward. That, that's, that's like huge, right? right? So I think both of those skills, medicine and that, and just the fact that you're, you said you're new to this, but are doing so by, by, you know, starting to build a food supply, starting to build supplies of things like huge steps. So kudos to you. And, and thanks for having the courage of being here, you know, with people who may or may not be like very experienced in this or have years of experience in it and, you know, come and share your thoughts. So thank you so much for that. You know, it's, it's a calling, you know, I didn't choose this. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think all of us here have, have a clue that something's not right. 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 Like things are just not going the way, uh, there's no clear direction and goal of this is what we want to accomplish, right? As a, as a people, right. you know, nations used to have that. Um, China's trying to build that, like we're going to, we're going to take over the world kind of thing. So there's like this cultural impetus. Um, right now in the Western world, it's more like, like, like trauma, like a, like a cultural trauma. Like what the F is yes. going on? 
And like so, six months ago, I saw, like, I mean, in my mind, I guess, I saw that that shit's gonna hit the fan. Like somewhere down the road, people are gonna like like lose it because they've but, been just completely in illusion. And yep. in the height of the pandemic. Right. And people are going to have to people that understand this stuff are going to have to step up and be there because I mean, it's going to it's going to get fucking dirty. <laughs> it's going to get bad. But yeah. So well, hope there's not, support. Right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, no, no. But you know what? We're going to come out on the other side. We we are. You know, it's it's just it, it, everything needs to break down. Like the buffalo. Right. We head up into the yeah. storm. And I think this unloose the goose community is that it's like everybody's you know, not trying to stick their heads in the sand. They're actually trying to figure out, okay, how do I navigate this, this, the shit storm that's happening? Right. So kudos to you. All right. So we're going to go to Verhaeg. Um, you want to talk about some compost skills or some skills that are be good in a, in a, you know, kind of collapse of civilization. Yeah. I'll give a, a quick recap first. So I'm in probably my 12th or 13th year of prepping. Yeah. And so I've thought a lot about, skills or how how far we might backwardate as a society right when you think about most of the headway we've made as a human civilization it's been you know on the backs of empires here there everywhere um where i am at you know we're just another tax colony for the british empire they're like well we'll just give a bunch of people some free land send them over there and then we'll take it back from them if they don't, you know, do anything useful with it. Or if they do something useful with it, then we'll cream off the top of it with taxation. Right. And they can farm for us, send us the wheat back. And, you know, it was the railroad that really, you know, where we're at right now, nobody would live here of their own choosing, really, or, you know, stay here over the winter. It doesn't make sense right. without like a whole bunch of amenities. Mm-hmm. Or at least at least having trains, right? Because, yeah. okay, yeah, 75 kilometers away, there's, you know, a lake with salt in it, and they produce salt there. Yeah. But, you know, foundries, That stuff would like be that. very like, valuable in a grid-down situation, right? Like, salt is like well, one of the... I've got a bunch in the basement little... anyway. Well, yeah, that's good. But, like, as a as a mercantile business for, that, <laughs> for your area, you are in an area... Like, as long as you provide value in that way, like... Like, imagine the, the grid goes down. We can't get shit from China anymore or the Himalayan pink sea salt or the fucking Hawaiian black salt and all yeah. this shit that people you've, you're sitting on salt right there. That the whole community, that's what you guys would be focusing on supplying the, the demand well, that's in the world out there for it. Yeah. It's still far away, right? Like 75 yeah, yeah. kilometers. Once you are talking no gas, I mean, yeah, you might have a wood gas truck, but once that's you're the only guy driving walk. around a vehicle, yep, you're going to have to. Who know, you know, have who knows what kind of weapon just to keep your conveyance secure. And there's way too many scenarios, right? As yeah. to what could happen. So, but let's, um, let's think basic, about it this way, right? If, if, if there yeah. is a total without rule of law thing, which, which Jack has a, a reason of saying it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be excessive rule of law, right? And I, I yeah, kind of think that, that yeah, because like, and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Without rule of law is a W-R-O-L is the acronym, and that means like Mad Max, right? The opposite of that is excessive rule of law or like an authoritarian regime or, you know, um, forced vaccinations, concentration camps type shit, checkpoints. And, and Jack makes the point that that's much more likely to happen 
And I tend to agree in that regard. Um, you know, and it's sort of like the free man beyond the wall, kind of like what Peter Quinones says, right? It's like, that's his tag, right? Um, and, and the idea that like there'll be these mega cities where it's like super rules, you know, the panopticon of Orwellian global control and then like the wilderness folk, right? The freemen, you know, like uh, north of the wall. And, um, I, I tend to think like that's it. And like in that kind of situation, offend yourself, but you also have to be really clever, like how to find the gray areas working. And that's, that's where Sal's really good, you know, in, in the unloose the goose crew. So, but like in a, in a without rule of law situation, you know, you've got the first few months or maybe a couple of years where people are kind of violent, let's say not the majority, because it's really the minority of people who want to be violent. A lot of us here, even in this community, unloose the goose or, um, you know, people that we listen to, like nobody really wants to be violent. It's against our nature. Right. And so we're worried about it because we think everybody else are, are monsters and that it's everybody just goes chaotic. But like and I think Natasha could speak to this, too, is that, you know, People are inherently decent for the most part and would not, there would be elements of people who would be violent and would take whatever they can, but they would, I mean, like what happens in civilization over the course of years, but would quicker. It's like people would get together, band together, find their communities, and they just would not allow people to act like dickheads, right? And, you know, when you band together in community, you prevent the, the, the raiders and all of that nonsense. So, you know, we're, and we're just talking fantasy here, but it gets a little bit into psychology, but having like some kind of business or value that you can bring, um, which goes back to like a lot of the topics we discuss on, on ULG is like, what, va- what value can you bring to the community? What skills, um, can you provide that would make you important to a fledgling or eco village or community that would be whether times get tougher or if they don't, you know, be able to, um, to take part in a, in a community and, and provide value, you know? So you were talking about composting and, you know, we talked a little bit about um, creating heat that way. What else you got? Well, let's food surplus is how we got to where we're at. Right. So yeah. gardening is yeah. good. Yeah. But saving seeds is going to be more important because I'm sure for every hundred people that have gardened, Five people have saved seed, maybe 10, maybe three successfully have done it and continue to do it. I like the herbalism type of thing. We've done some, uh, you know, second level first aid type stuff, you know, when you get into suturing, uh, because you're going to have to be your own doctor. So where there is no doctor and there is no dentist or some pretty good books, they're meant for like third world uh, situations and people. But once you're in a shit hit the fan situation, uh, useful tools and then whoever can start well upcycling and recycling is going to be a big deal but whoever can figure out how to make like shoes um, you know wagon wheels buckets that kind of thing is yeah. going to be really useful mm-hmm. and I think one of the biggest things is is going to be like scavenging I guess or we have so much supply that say for some reason, if shit hit the fan, 50% of people died. There's so much stuff laying out around there that if we get to it right away and store it properly, we wouldn't need to make anything for, for years, really. Yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, that, as for skills. That's all really good points, you know? If, if we think about the things we take for granted, right? We, we're living in a society where you can go, 
dink, dink, dink on your phone and shit shows up at your door. Um, what happens when that's not the case? You, you, you mentioned shoes, buckets, things like we wouldn't think of that we just take for granted, right? Um, but these, and like with automation, these things are going to be even more ubiquitous, right? Um, but I'll, I'll add a bit that, that I found. So I learned survival. I learned how to live in the woods with a knife and be able to take my family out into the woods with a knife and be good. That has provided me with a level of confidence to be able to think about scary thoughts or like if the, if the collapse happens, if there's excessive rule of law, if, you know, and in, in some ways it, it hits dopamine levels and like you, there's a certain like satisfaction in, in thinking about these things, reading those, those, you know, apocalyptic stories or whatever. I always told myself it's so that I can be more prepared and it's like, yes, but at the same time, like, where's the positive vision that we want to live towards? Like, what would we like to see? Because if it's up to the government, we get a certain thing. If it's up to the system as it is, you know, and we just, you know, proxy our decision-making or destiny to that, that's not satisfying. That's not fulfilling. So the next set of questions is more for fuck the noise, forget the excessive rule of law without rule of law. What is the world that you would like to see happen? Okay. And we'll start, I think, um, Brian, we'll start. I think with Josh you. gave us, uh, his list of skills. He, he bounced. Um, I think he's with his daughter. No, Paulson. Yeah. Go ahead, Paulson. Oh, you, you want to say, uh, your skills that you think are important. Thank you. Berhage. Paulson, you available to tell us um, what what skills you think are important? He's on mute. There we go. Sorry. There you go. That's all right. Didn't mean to miss um, you there, bro. So just to answer what brought me to Spearco is uh, having discussions with my wife. We talked about how our grandparents always were able to care for their food needs. And when my wife's grandmother passed away, they threw away thousands of mason jars of food that she canned through the years. Yeah. We started having a discussion about not knowing how to do that or even how we could feed ourselves. And then all of our grandparents were able to do that. And now that they've all passed, that knowledge is kind of gone. Yeah. And neither of our parents cared to ever do any of that. We yeah. grew up on McDonald's <laughs> and uh, not something that I eat anymore, but you know, I've always had a garden, but my garden's always been just tomatoes and peppers right. and, Supplemental you know, yeah, and, yeah. and weeds, tomatoes, yeah. peppers, and weeds. So I wanted to learn how to have the food forest to do the things like you see Curtis Stone doing, Jeff Lawton yeah. doing. And uh, that took me to Spearco and living free in Tennessee. And, you know, as that came along, then the whole money issue. And, and once again, you get back into that. Well, it's been so easy all of my life up to this point to have money and to make money, the need to understand how it works has never been there. And now what's driving me is understanding how it works. And not only that, because I've always been self-employed, but never successful at being self-employed, you know, I've had to really change my views on money yeah. and what I do and don't need. And really what I, what I do need is a shelter over my head, no debt. And that's where I'm at in my preps at this point is no debt paid off house. And now it's the water preps and the food preps and going into that 
more lifestyle where in a year I know I'm okay. I don't really look at everything to fall apart, even though it is. <laughs> I try not right. to live that way. Yeah, yeah. So, no, same. You gotta, we gotta keep a positive attitude in it. So, um, while you were speaking, uh, Verhage put up some cans. I guess that you can that yourself. That's some really good skills there. And, and it made me think of something before we get to the next question, which was, um, a lot of these skills and doing these things are actually fun. There's some pickles you got there for those of you listening. Uh, Josh is, is holding up some pickles that, and carrots. It looks like pickled carrots and cool stuff. Probably grew them yourself. Is that right? Yeah, we, I think the last few years we've grown all the cucumbers for the pickles. Those are hot peppers in there though, so they're spicy. Oh yeah, yeah. But my wife's can for like 36 different things. Yeah, food preservation. I know Jack's done like series on biltong and how to preserve meats. So the, the thing about all of these skills, Nat and Kay, uh, Christina, you know, you're, you guys are new to this in a sense. You know that something's amiss, but these skills are actually like really fun. When I was on our farm up in North Carolina, we were pretty much off grid for the most part. We grew maybe about 70% of our food um, with wild foraging chickens and eggs and, you know, our gardens and stuff. And we did a lot of trading and whatever, but I mean, we still had to buy like things like pasta and whatever. Anyhow, the canning was some of the most fun food preservation, making pickles um, and, and then also canning. Right. Um, so these, these are fun skills. And, they taste amazing. They like better than anything you could buy in the store. And the, the feeling of creating these things, it's a great way to, to a pass the time, involve your spirit, your life force. Um, talk about healing is like to be able to do these things. It's like something that our grandparents and grandparents, parents, you know, took for granted. And they're like, Oh, we've got all of these things that we can go buy in the store now, but it's removed us from the natural process of life and that life force that flows through us. So, you know, taking that and, um, we've got a question here real quick. I think we'll go to the crypto at the end. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that that'll take up a lot of time. So let's go with the question of, you know, fuck all the noise. What is the world you want to see and how does the agorist skills and these things that we just answered now, like these things that are good for a shit hits the fan situation, how are they good without that? You know, if the shit doesn't hit the fan, so we'll start with Brian. I think that um, one of the things that we need to do with those skills is learn to create value for other people, right? Mm. So if I'm good at raising rabbits, which I'm not, but it's a skill that's on my list to learn, right? right. And somebody else wants rabbit meat, like I can learn to trade for things that I don't necessarily want to do. So I think um, it's it's a reading of the market reading of what, what, what do people need? And, and, and in certain cases, maybe you learn how to, maybe it's not something that you already know how to do, but you can recognize, Hey, this is a need that people have. And it's a need that I can learn that skill and then jump in and, and provide them. And then in exchange, I can get what I need because none of us, is going to produce 100% of everything of what we need. We need our neighbors. We need our community. That's why we're building the community, yep. right? It, we need to be able to exchange with our community to, um, to, to all, to make the community better and stronger and for all of us to, to survive, right? Bang on. And you know, rabbit meat sells for a lot of money, by the way. Just saying. 
Right. So, yeah, yeah. So thanks, Brian. Okay, so um, then we'll go to Christina. You know, uh, what is the world you want to see, and how does this these kinds of skills help make that world happen? I think having these skills would make us less dependent on big chain supermarkets like Walmart and sure. Publix and, you know, Publix. Yeah. Um, it's local. Um, yep. So you're dependent and we'll be using more of a, um, neighbors, fruit stands and vegetable stands and trading and it, I think everything will be healthier because the uh, the politics of even selling the produce or selling the food items would be not so com- commercialist. Yeah, my husband say it's yep. not it's not going to be so commercialized. It's going to be better quality, I believe, because the quality yeah. is all about money. Yep. And um, I Deeper think I think it'll be. Deeper relationships with our community, with our neighbors, with our, with the mom and pop shops, you know, you can just come yeah. in and say, Hey, what's good today? You know, yeah. oh, today it makes life more life. fulfilling, right? Yeah. I think it's a more pure and less commercial way of life. Agreed. Yeah. Great points. Um, how about, uh, let's say Natasha and. So the, the, these, these skills that would be helpful in a world, you know, kind of collapse situation. What is the world you want to see? Uh, and how do these skills have help to make that? Um, the kind of world I want to see is, uh, where we consider each other, uh, as what we are, which is humans, which is, you know, we have a soul and we have feelings and we need to consider that. Um, that's, that's really, that's my main, like, passion what what i want to see is people be kind to one another um yeah yeah i mean with that if we we become more human (laughs) we could you know we could balance out finally um and yeah i would love to see a world where we could have some real food where we could eat and have the nutrition that we need yep you know that that would be really great and knowing your local greens, you know, knowing how to produce your own food, preserve yeah. it, not be reliant on the system of, of supply chain. I would chain. love that. I, it just, it feels to me, like you were saying, like, you know, the connection, the, you know, the spirit. Yep. It, it feels to me like it, it's just, just, it's just so fulfilling. It just yeah. what I want my life to look like. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. All right. How about you, Mr. Paulson? And then we'll go back to Verhage. I like saying Verhage. <laughs> so the world you want to see, Paulson, you're on mute now. Still mute. Still muted. There you go. Okay. There I go. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, so the world I would like to see is, you know, growing up, I knew all of my neighbors lived yeah. in the same house for 20 years. And just this last year have made an effort to know all my neighbors. That's kind of what I'm working towards is to know the people that live close to me, not just the people that I choose to be around Yeah, because they are the people that, you know, can offer help. But, uh, just because of circumstances and chances that I left out every day to work and take care of my kids, it didn't happen. So it's a personal effort with me to know the people that I'm around and, you know, 
Nicole Sauce constantly discusses that knowing your community. Yeah. And I really appreciate that point that she constantly brings, goes back to about understanding people that you choose to surround yourself with and the people that you are surrounded with because of circumstances. Yep. I say this often and the idea that familiarity breeds contempt. It's like we want connection, but at the same time, the more familiar we are with people, the more fucking problems we get with them. Right. Like it's almost like we have less problems when we don't interact with people. And so everybody's like, stay away from me because I don't want to get into problems. But I think, you know, some, something that like Natasha's doing, you know, is trauma healing and all this, like we're all fucking traumatized. We are so disconnected from the natural cycles of earth that we're living in our own heads and our stories of what's going on out there. And we have our own insecurities, our own fears, our own, you know, bullshit. Right. And a lot of it, we don't want anybody to see, you know, and I think it's that willingness to be vulnerable and to not judge others, right. To just accept wherever the fuck they are in their, in their journey, in their story and recognize that it has nothing to do with me. Right. And for each of us. Right. And so it's like you stick two people in a room for long enough and they're going to fight. It's how do we, and the kids are having a hard time with this, with the, they're being on the phone all the time. They don't know how to have a relationship and have ups and downs and be pissed off, but still be able to come back and be like, all right, fine, whatever. We got to work this out. You know, in the past we had to, to survive. So we had to get over shit. Now we don't have that, um, that impetus to get over things. So it's like kind of pushing us all apart. Right. But in, in these skills, especially like, you know, with John Freedom Cells and with farmers markets, like you get to know people and because we've been distant in so many different ways and we're learning to be with one another again, like I don't know any of y'all, right? But we're having a, a, a grown up discussion about difficult topics, but in a way that, that feels like there's a good result, you know? And that goes back again to, I'm not trying to pick on you, Natasha, but there's like a purpose, you know, there's something that we work towards. If we're just trying to survive, that doesn't get us anywhere. You know, it, it, it provides a certain level of security and a certain level of uh, reason to get over our shit. But if we're playing together, if we're building something creative together, if we've got a vision going forward, it's almost like, that race car driver who, you know, would always avoid the accidents and like miraculously. And he said to the reporters, he's like, I never looked at the accidents. I looked at where I was going. So that's why I asked this question. So thanks, Josh. Um, how about you, Mr. Young? Did I, I, did I already talk to you about this question? No, we're at Verhage. Um, well, since I'm, on my journey towards doing it, whether shit hits the fan or not, yeah. um, the homesteading, I took four winters and two months to build the house. And now we're spending most of the winter up here until I go back to awesome. work. Yeah. Congrats. And, you know, we, we know and hang out with the neighbors up here already more than, you know, anybody I've known on my block for the 12 years that I've lived there in the city. And, you know, it's just because of proximity. Like you have to know these people. Uh, some of the neighbors don't get along with some of the other neighbors. So it's not like we're in the middle of that, but we're trying to figure out, okay, you know, why are you guys at odds? Um, but you know, my wife cans, she sells it in the city and out here at the farmer's markets on the weekend. And just like you say, growing your own food tastes better, uh, better for you. 
and I'm about halfway through the Ringing Cedars series. Ooh, that's a good one. He's read those. Yeah. Anastasia books. So every time I read one of those, it just, you know, compels me more and more to want to get out here. And what we're going to do is we're going to mulch about 20 feet out around the house on the south and west side mm-hmm. with uh, the wood chips that we cut off the small branches of the poplar trees. The large stuff's going to go in the wood boiler. The other stuff is going to go for like shredded mulch. I'll just walk out the back door barefoot, get grounded, do some gardening. And yeah, generally heal ourselves and try to make other people's lives better. And most importantly, just give my children, you know, the ability to grow up out of town, out of a city at least. And, you know, no school. So they can learn everything online now, right? I mean, every, well, like, my wife's a teacher and our three year old is at like the level of a five or a six year old on half of the things. So I'm sure in six months we could probably start teaching her, you know, adding and subtracting. I'd rather start with uh, logic and some more natural type things. Yep. But uh, I just want to give them, you know, I, I grew up in a small town and I liked the freedom of it. You know, we're, blocks away from the edge of town so we'd ride our bikes and then you know you're in a a hedgerow on the edge of town and you know if you happen to have a lighter maybe you shouldn't be starting a fire at eight years old but right that's what we wanted to do or just made you know a twig fort or a tree house and you know did what we wanted moved to a small city but it's grown and corporatized considerably since then more stoplights, stop signs, and then, you know, the whole policy enforcement growth of the peace officer class instead of yeah. being there to solve murders and, you know, stolen shit. Um, and they don't want you and they don't let you do anything for yourself in that regard, right? It's yeah, like, so you're kind of like happens, pushing you yourself to the edge. Yeah, you, you, if like you're something happens, you call us and let us deal with it. You know, even if waiting for us is going to end up, you you you're dead, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So you find yourself on the edges, right? Because you've got more freedom, more choices, and more. I would say maybe less stress to conform, and more time and ability yeah. to actually connect and feel good. To actually not have to do something to feel good, but to just feel good because yeah. of the process that you're in. That's huge. Well, there's a catch-22 on the on fitting in out of town, right? And that's where, you know, small communities, ostracism comes in, where mm-hmm. you need a little less coercion and all that kind of thing because people are going to kind of self-police if they want to have any friends. Right, um, right. Whereas the city allows anonymity, right, and a whole bunch of weird, stupid shit. And right. they anonymize that right. another level by yeah. digitizing everything. So, you know, the things that people put up on Facebook or TikTok or any of these other platforms. It weirder and like more corrupt, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, do you even realize what you're, what you're doing or putting out there? So that's and it. So we want decency. We want a future that is balanced, healthy, where we can connect with people on authentic level, but have our distance so we yeah. don't have to deal with them every day. Um, and just do like, do dope shit and feel connected with the universe. 
through gardening, through, you know, connecting with other life forms other than two-legged people who unga bunga all the time to each other. Listen to the birds, you know, feel the trees and the movement of the air. So yeah, thanks, yeah. dude. All right. Um, do something authentic. Yeah, authentic. That's a good, that's a good word for that. You know, it's been really cool. Like just, you know, with Unloose the Goose, we have like topics and we're like, how can we bring more value to the community and give them, you know, more, more clues on how to, uh, get closer to that life? You know, but to sit here and listen to all of y'all speak, it's like each one of you already have components of that and are doing it to such a degree. And, you know, just being on the path is is satisfying no matter how far along, you know, it's like just by taking control of your own destiny in whatever way that you can. It provides a level of satisfaction and meaning that it's almost like all the darkness in the world couldn't even match that, you know. I know like when I die, I'll look back and be like, yo, I, I did what I came to do. Whether I succeeded or not doesn't matter. I did it, you know? So that, that just kudos to you all each for that. Um, so y'all want to talk about some cryptocurrency? We have a question in the chat, uh, from let's see who it was. Autofab welding. Autofab welding. <laughs> all right. Autofab welding asks in a, SHTF situation, what happens to crypto? Anybody here know enough about crypto they want to speak on it? My personal thought is I stack silver. I dabble in coins, but I right. mean, you know, it's they seem power driven to me. I know people say you can have a paper wallet and then we could transact later. And some of the crypto geese guys are talking about decentralized yep. Internet hubs and solar powered satellites i know you can send packets on ham radios yep so theoretically there might be something you could do with it but i'm holding some junk silver and like you know copper one ounce rounds nickel brass and and some old currency but i think you know trade my neighbor some pickles for some dirty yeah so if the grid goes down if there's no electricity, right, or there's spotty electricity, the market cap, you know, we have, we all use these terms for like financial markets, but the market cap of Bitcoin will go, right, because there's not enough people to, to actually satisfy it. And the people who are interested in it, 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 they'll be more interested, like you said, be on food, bullets, seeds, right, um, real things that they can actually use. Gold, silver, those are actually really things that they can use. But in like a, and, and when I say uh, shit hits the fan, I think of this movie Star Trek where they go back in time to the first warp drive. So the guy who creates the first warp drive and it's like everybody's living in these pockets. There's still nations, but they're more like factions and there's still high technology, but it's very decentralized and everybody's creating their own power in their own camps and whatever. Um, you know, in a world like that, I could see a use for Bitcoin, but not anywhere near where it's at now. And real world shit is going to be more valuable. So um, to answer Autofab's question, uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just take this one because I, I think I think I have the most crypto experience out of everybody here. But um, it'll be less in a shit hits the fan situation. It'll be less valuable in an excessive rule of law situation. As Jack postulates, I think it'll be way more valuable because you'll be wanting to hide. Like, let's say they've got this greater reset thing that's coming that that. um you know, that John talks a lot about agenda 2030. So we've got this great reset coming. And the goal is the people who own everything want you to own nothing and let you know that you're going to be happy without those things. So 
in that world, your value in digital form where the grid still exists, the star link is happening. You know, there's a global like civilization going on. That shit's going to be super valuable um, because you'll be able to transfer wealth that way because there'll always be a black market. So and I think that's where Jack and all the guys are coming from in that and as well as Nicole. Um, so that answers Mr. Autofab's question, I should hope. Hey, Xavier. Yo, bro. I know Autofab personally. Your life will not change a bit, Autofab. Dude lives off the grid in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. He's, he's, he's already off the grid and it's already. I like him already. For crypto for him. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That, that's awesome. Yeah. In fact, if I wasn't doing Firon, that's what the fuck I'd be doing. Pardon my language. I would be off the grid, like sweeping floors in a monastery and surfing and just collecting cryptocurrency. Um, but I have this mission. I want to see a positive world and I don't care how dark it is out there and how dangerous and how whatever it seems like it's going to be. I'm staying focused on my goal because if I don't get it in this world, I'll get it in the next. And what I want is a world of sanity, what we've been talking about, where we can grow, feel close to the earth. We've got communities that we're a part of, part of a greater, bigger community. But we have like our freedom cell, essentially, um, our community that we work with, that we've all got our skills, we're trades and we're doing something together. You know, we feel a sense of belonging, a sense of contribution, of being seen. And um, and that means my house is cracking. Jesus. So that's what I want to see. And, um, you know, all of these skills. So I'm preparing, you know, I'm preparing that 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 things are going to get real bad. But I'm living as though it 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 doesn't matter. Like I'm standing before God and my creator and saying, this is the world that I want to see happen. And I'm living towards that. And nothing's going to nothing's going to deter me um, with the hopes that, you know, maybe that's the case. Maybe not. But at least I've declared to the universe that that's the case. And for me, that's the reason for agorism. I'm not going to try to hide out in the woods and be like, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Mr. Autofab, I told you I'd be doing the same thing, but um, I, I really want to see a better world for my kids. You know, somebody brought it up at the very beginning of this chat, like he might have bounced too, or was that you V Did, no, or, uh, who was it that said that they came in a little bit and then they bounced out, but they said, um, you know, once you have kids, things change, you know? So I want to thank, I think that was, maybe it was Bryce. I don't know. Either way. Um, do any of y'all have a question that you want to ask anybody here or me or anything like that? Cause otherwise I think we've had like pretty good discussion. We're going on an hour and a half now. I have a question. Yes, please. Um, so, um, I am completely new to the world of Bitcoin and any, any kind of c- cryptocurrency. I have not really, I have not spent any time actually researching it. Uh, just to me right now, I, 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 it's too complicated, I guess. And, uh, I also have a concern of what, I mean, I don't even know how to wrap my head around this. Um, what if everything's wiped, is wiped out, right? Like, um, Solar flash or something, all the electricity stops. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, it wouldn't we'll be have gone. A lot more problems at that point. Yeah. <laughs> gone. You'll, you'll, you'll be I don't know. Yeah, I'm just like, I've been just wondering, I guess. And I just haven't paid attention perhaps because of that. I'm yeah. Not sure. No, it's a great question. Thanks, Natasha. Um, so what we were saying is like, if it's an excessive rule of law situation where things get more chaotic and more, uh, authoritarian and you're trying to avoid the big city or whatever, or you're wanting to be able to operate in the big city, like 
cryptocurrency is going to be very, very useful. In fact, the digital future is a digital currency that is blockchain based. So it behooves you to become as uh, proficient with them as possible. Learn as much as you can. Read, watch videos, get a Coinbase wallet or one of the other, you know, uh, more private wallets. But for somebody like you, like I, I suggest Coinbase. You can connect it straight to your bank account and start taking cryptocurrency as payment for your services, right? If you have clients and they're familiar with, with Bitcoin or any of the others, say like, I take Bitcoin, just, you know, start advertising your services accepting crypto. The thing that's been happening lately, and it's not always the case, but is that you'll get paid like a hundred bucks in Bitcoin, let's say, and then you forget about it two weeks later, it's 160 bucks, you know? So you, it's like getting paid in stock certificates that go up and down, but they go up and down with more rapidity and with more velocity than regular stocks. Okay, because the market's not regulated. There's a lot of new money in it. Young folks, it's digital currency. It moves at the speed of life. Um, it's like cash, but digital cash. So become as familiar as you can with it because you want to be as versatile as possible if things get bad or even if they don't, right? To quote Jack. Um, so yeah. I feel like, I feel like uh, it would stress me out, the whole being attached to a market thing. I feel like I'm not built for that or something. Straight up, but you know, they have, they have what are called stable priced coins. So you can, you can, if you don't want the volatility, you can get paid in stable yeah. coin. The cool thing about stable all of these coins. stable coins, USDC, USDT, um, the cool thing about them is that in a bank, they can go and take your money. They did that in Greece. They've done it in a number of different places. And then you try to go take your money out of the bank and they're putting a freeze on it, right? Because the banks don't have as much money as there is out there in the market. So right. they leverage themselves 10 times over, right? They'll keep $100 and then they'll loan out $10,000 or, or whatever the, the $1,000, right? They 10x their 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 holdings because they figure, well, not everybody's going to ask for their shit back right at once. So we can give out $1,000. Meanwhile, we've only got $100 in here. But if everybody's like, I want my $100 back, they give, you know, 10 people 100 bucks. They don't have that money to give to them. So that's the dangerous game that the banks are playing. So when you're putting your money in banks, you're betting that your nine other friends or nine other contemporaries are not going to be asking for their money at the same time you are. But when they do, everybody's screwed, right? But with cryptocurrency, there was a dude, uh, I just told this story on baseline. There was a dude who went to prison for two years and they seized his Bitcoin wallet, but he didn't give him the password. He forgot it conveniently, burned on his boat, and um, and they couldn't get into his wallet. So when he got out, and the crypto had gone up in so many so many times that he now has sixty million dollars sitting in that wallet. So crypto prices are really just going up. Um, they go up and down, and when they go down, they really go down. Right? Scary sometimes. Um, but you know, if you can if you can set it aside or just do it on the short term, you know, you get paid a hundred bucks and then you take it right out then you're not playing with the market. You're just getting paid, right? And you, if you need the fiat, if you can afford to keep it in, pay attention, learn how the market moves and at least check on it, you know, once or twice a day. Um, and if you're seeing it going down, you know, switch into a stable coin, or if you don't want to play the markets, just switch it into a stable coin, keep it in your wallet. Does that make sense? Uh, the last part, switch it to a stable co coin. What does that mean? So let's say you're in, let's say you use Coinbase exclusively as a beginner. 
Um, it's, there's reasons not to, it's more expensive. You're going to end up paying taxes if the, if it's, it's kind of like a e-trade or Robin hood type of app, but for crypto. So you get paid in Bitcoin for, you know, you're, you're, you're giving therapy for somebody and you get paid a hundred bucks in crypto. You leave it in there for two days and it turns into $108 in crypto. And you're like, Oh, that's dope. I'm going to put, you know, a hundred of that into a stable coin in the app. It gives you the options to trade in and out of the different coins, right? Um, and so you can go into their USDC coin or USDT coin and just let it, and it'll stay stable. You don't have to worry about the market fluctuation. And then if you take it and get a separate wallet, you know, like Nexo or Exodus or some of the other really cool wallets that are out there, you can then take those coins, send them to yourself. It's like having multiple bank accounts with different apps. So you send it to one of your other apps and you just keep it there. Right. And then if you go to prison or something, you know, horrible, let's say it doesn't happen, but you, you, you know, some, they come after your money. You still got that in there. Nobody can touch it, but you, does that make sense? Yes. Hey, Xavier. Yo, I just wanted to uh, point out a couple of things and you kind of hit on that mm-hmm. is just like grab a hold of something and it doesn't have to be Bitcoin. Right. It can be Litecoin or it Hell, it can even be Dogecoin and learn how it works. Yeah. Right? That's right. Um, I was I was reading an article where Mark Cuban bought his 11-year-old son some Dogecoin just so he could figure out how it works. Yeah. And so that kid, that 11-year-old kid is going to have thousands of dollars. So, yeah. Well, I'm not even talking about Dogecoin, but he's going to have so much of a, of a leg up on knowing how that actually works. Yeah, that that's going to be that that's the first hurdle is the is the technical one of how it actually works. Yeah. The second thing is just something that I something that um, just a tip um, like the uh, place I buy silver from. Uh, they have three prices. They have the wire transfer price, which is the cheapest. They have the crypto price and they have the credit card price. So I don't really want to dig into sending a wire transfer for a few hundred dollars, but I'm more than happy to send us send them USDC to not have to pay the credit card price to buy silver. Do so, they accept USDC? Yeah, they do. No shit. Would you, would you put that in the chat? That would be awesome. I'd love to know about that. Yeah, it's, um, I, I'm on, I'm on a phone, but it's, uh, uh, JM bullion does it. Oh, JM bullion does it. Yes. So that's J M as in Mary Bullion B U L L I O N. So um, Natasha, there's another answer for you, right? So silver, gold, these are good things too. Um, yeah, that's. I feel more comfortable with something like that, but I don't know where to purchase such things. So uh, you're in New York, right? Yeah. Fucking every other fucking corner. Um, really? Yeah, there's gold. There's gold buyers when they've I have got no coins. idea. Forty-seven I'm just like completely lost, and I'm just like I'm Manhattan. ignoring that in particular. So it's it's the same with like canning and all these other skills. Like you want to be more secure in your finances. You want to be more secure in like being able to control your own wealth. So learn, like learn where the the gold buyers are, and go buy some coins. Hold on to them. I remember when I had a lot. That, um, before it fell, you know, in a boat fire, um, that I would pile it on my table and like count on it and like be like Mr. Scrooge and just be like happy about the fact that I have this shit. <laughs> um, that was before my hard times, right? And, um, and, and it feels good. It feels good to hold something that, you know, it's like even if things get really bad, somebody's going to want this. So I, I, I have a greater chance of survival just because of that, right? And that little bit of confidence 
helps you spur you on to other levels, right? Where you yes. that to, to growing food. It's like when you start feeling good, you don't want to feel bad again, you know? So the minute you start building these skills and moving in that direction, it just feels so damn good that you just don't want to turn around. And then, you know, you learn new skills every day, every year, you become better than you were before. And that's the fucking whole point of agorism. I want to add, add a couple things on the crypto and ask you a question, Xavier, about it. Um, but Natasha, just think about, uh, the tax implications. If you were to say get $100 in Bitcoin and then the next day it's $200 worth. I know Xavier says it's an unregulated market, but they're starting to regulate that kind of stuff. Yep. Good which point. leads me to my question for Xavier. Um, since I'm a conspiracy minded type of person and they want to do central bank digital currencies, and we don't know who Satoshi Nokomoto is. Do you think? I mean, that... it's me, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. Totally. The, same, the, the same thing comes to my mind with the QAnon deal is that with QAnon and with, with Trump is that I saw a lot of libertarians and people who'd sworn off, you know, being mixed up with politics ever again, uh, jump on the Trump bandwagon and then jump on this Q stuff. Um, psyops, 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 psyops on top of psyops. Is there a chance that the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency thing rolling out, you know, a decade previous to now was a way to catch all the people who were into freedom and hiding their finances and this and that to be Good the point. people who were like, yeah, okay, I'll get in on this crypto digital no. currency stuff. Yeah, no, I, I get where you're going and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna flat out say no. The, no? The level of Tesla, our mass the, mutual microstrategy. The the level of our civilization is such that we've become a global civilization, and we need a transactional instrument that moves faster than the fucking wheel, right? Um, we need like or a boat. We need a transactional instrument that is secured digitally so that we can move as a civilization, a global civilization. And that's why it was created because the people who understand life at those levels needed that. Because it was time for but isn't us. Isn't Bitcoin really slow, and aren't we throwing a whole bunch of money towards fees? Oh yeah, but it was not the, like the model. Like cars were needed because people needed to start communicating and traveling further distances. But the first car was fucking slow as fuck, yeah, right? Okay. You know, so it, it's really just that. Um, now, are there some cryptocurrencies out there that are used for duplicitous and dark ends, and they were created to do that? Yeah, you're damn right. Um, there are some coins that were created specifically for black ops, for untraceable money, all of that shit. Um, so, you know, just be careful when you're out there. I'm not saying all of them, I'm not, you know, but, uh, a lot of them are just people like, oh, I'm going to get rich by making a coin and making it, you know, I know some code, blah, blah, blah. And so there's all kinds of shit on the market. Um, but is it some grand conspiracy? No more than the grand conspiracy of helping civilization continue. You know, like that which is needed comes next and is it's it's sort of like somebody was going to build something like it because that's what was needed at our level of civilization. Um, now, VPNs on another story like that's those were created to find out who would want to hide. Right. Because they specifically are there to, to hide you. Cryptocurrency wasn't there to hide you. It was pseudonymous. It wasn't meant to be anonymous. Some people have taken it further and done anonymous coins. And I'm a fan of them, you know, like it'd be good to travel with, right? Or, or things like that. So, yeah, that's my thought on that. Did that answer your question, B? I, I 
I just think that it opened people's minds to the digital currency type of thing that we're, yeah. we're going to. And you're, like you say, it was inevitable. We were already running plastic all the time and mm-hmm. PayPal and things like that. It's expensive. I was just, yeah. Yeah. And will it be turned into a panopticon of global control where everybody's tracked and traced? Like, yeah, pretty much, unless we do something about it that's better, you know? And that's why I built FireOn and that's why we're doing FireOn. So. Any other one of the things to keep in mind is that, yeah, it takes 10, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever to confirm a transaction in Bitcoin. Yeah. You're not buying a, you're not buying a latte with it. It takes days to actually, sometimes. Uh, to actually confirm a transaction with your bank. It may show up immediately, but it's not necessarily available. If you're, if you do a stock trade, it takes two days for that to be settled, which to me just blows my mind, uh, in, in the world that we're living in and being an engineer and a technologist, it's, it's really strange. Yep. Now they're, they're uh, confirming trans, like Ripple. I know y'all may not like them, but I know they're confirming, and Jack hates them, but they're confirming transactions in 10 seconds, you know, for billions of dollars, you know, and like there, there's very few, uh, open sourced versions of that on the market. And that there's a real need at the, at the big high levels with, you know, bank clearing at the end of the night and shit. So there's, there's purposes and builds for all of them. Just like there's many types of cars. You've got trucks, which are good for hauling shit. You got race cars, which are good for entertainment. You've got, you know, so it's the same with cryptocurrencies. Everyone is built differently for a different purpose. There are some that are built just to store data, medical data, video data, like Odyssey and library. So, you know, they're all built with different parameters, with different code for different purposes. And just like the stock market, it's all about market sentiment and what everybody's feeling at the moment is how valuable they are, right? So there you go with that. Any other questions? Uh, yes, one more. Yes, <laughs> um, um, what would you say is the best energy behind, um, uh, I mean, which coin would have the best energy? Would you assume? Like, no. like metaphysical energy? Opinion? Yeah, like, like, what's the, what's the lightest, like, the, the least dark one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's actually a really good question, Natasha. Um, well, this is gonna sound weird, especially to some of the old schoolers, but, um, uh, I would say Litecoin. Okay. And that's, that's a weird one. Um, but I know Charlie personally, Charlie Lee, uh, who invented it. And what he did is he just took Bitcoin and made it better, faster, stronger. And now they're using the lightning network and it's actually a quick coin. Um, and it, and it's because all of the attentions on Bitcoin, you know, some of the cleanest sales purposes reasoning used for it is like, is Litecoin. It's so underrated that it's like the underdog that usually underdogs are, are, are good, clean energy from that psychic metaphysical level, right? Um, another one, Bitcoin, you know, that's like the gold of cryptocurrency. But as as Mr. Young said, it's like very slow and it takes a long time to clear. Um, and then uh, if you've got like USDC and USDT, I wouldn't do those in terms of like that energy clearness, but they're backed ostensibly by the US dollar. So, you know, that's not energetically clear. So I go with Litecoin in that, in that regard. There are some newer coins. Um, 
uh, EOS, FIO. I know the per- the people behind FIO protocol and they're really dope. Um, they're going to be here at the, at the launch party. Um, Earth credits. When it happens, Earth credits will be like the cleanest. So little self promotion there. But okay, so that hasn't come out yet. Nope. Oh, nice. So, oh yeah, and EOS. I'm good friends with Brock, and he is uh, one of the progenitors of the EOS protocol. Although I have some things about that. They, they're doing some cool things with governance, and they're doing some really cool things with speed of transaction and everything. And um, and I really dig Brock as an individual and as a friend. So um, there, there's that as well. Cool. Cool. Well, dude, I actually think this has been a pretty dope unloose the goose. Um, you know, it's like the content, you know, it's there. You, it, it's really cool to actually be able to interact with the community beyond the telegram chat and do something. We've been doing stuff like this every Monday with fire on telegram for like updates on what's happening with fire on. And then we do a meditation and stuff. Um, but to have you guys interact and with such varied backgrounds, you know, uh, it really has mixed it up a whole lot. And I'm hoping that the community finds this to be valuable um, and that maybe we do this more often. Right. Because it would be cool to to meet, you know, the whole community. It's good to have that depth. We want to have deeper relationships. So let's fucking do that. You know, let's fucking do it. Hell yeah. Let's do dope. Exactly. Well, thank you guys and gals. I really appreciate you. Appreciate your time. And, thank you for uh, having us. Thanks for spending thank the you. Time. Yeah. And with that, this has been a special edition of Unloose the Goose with your host, Xavier Hawk. <laughs> Make it a great Bye. day. Make it a great day. <laughs> All right. Peace out. Unloose the Goose. We'll take no views. Your paradise.